For everything indie. For everything indie. For everything cults. It's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Time to go behind enemy lines. We do welcome in Mike DeFabo of The Athletic who covers the Steelers there. Mike, thanks so much for coming uh, come behind enemy lines here. Do appreciate the time. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So, I mean, just as the NFL schedule makers thought when they had this game, you know, mapped out in, in May and June, the three and seven Steelers, the four, six and one Colts battling out on Monday night here to kind of wrap up Thanksgiving. Both offenses, especially Mike, have kind of struggled with the turnovers. Colts have 19 turnovers uh, so far this season. The Steelers have 14. Who do you have more faith in right now to kind of take better care of the football when it comes to Monday night? Well, that's definitely been an issue for Kenny Pickett since he took over. His first NFL pass was actually an interception. And initially, people kind of liked that because under Mitch Trubisky, when he was the quarterback, uh, the Steelers' offense was really conservative, did not take chances, did not throw the ball downfield. So they liked the idea that they had a guy that was going to be a gunslinger. And he said himself, I'm not afraid to – I'm not gun shy. I'm not afraid to, to put it up there and give my guys a chance. He entered the bye week having thrown nine interceptions against two touchdowns. Uh, so that was definitely something that started out as maybe a good thing and became a bit of a problem area. So the past couple games he has protected the football better. Um, but given the strength of the of the Colts defense, I do worry about that being an issue for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers uh, on Monday night. That's one thing. I, first of all, I want to say, if you, if you wonder how talented Mike is, he worked for me and he still was able to, to survive and go <laughs> on the athletic and become an NFL reporter. So that tells you a lot right there. Uh, Mike, this, this Colts defense does play really good football. I, I don't know how many people nationwide really understand that given uh, the struggles of the team as a whole. When, when you look at this from an outsider's perspective, what do you see from this Indianapolis D? Well, I think it's going to be a challenge for, for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers because even against some subpar defenses, the Steelers have struggled to, to move the football. Um, and, you know, the, the Colts, uh, one of the biggest things I think is they are not allowing a lot of big plays. They're one of the best teams in the league at limiting those completions over 20 yards or the rushes over 10 plus yards. And that's been a struggle for the Steelers. They've talked a lot about how uh, their, their offense it has, has been challenged to go 12, 14 plays down the field and score. So um, against the Steelers team that's not producing a lot of chunk plays against a team that doesn't give up a lot of it, that's what you're going to be looking at for the Steelers is can they protect the football and move downfield, produce these long drives and I don't have a ton of confidence that they're going to just given the track record. So, um, you know, I, I expect this to be a low scoring game. I think that the Steelers defense is finally healthy. They just got TJ Watt back. Um, he makes a massive difference and the ripple effect is, is really hard to even quantify from a, an intangible standpoint. And then, you know, the, the Steelers struggles on offense going against a pretty good Colts defense. It looks like it's going to be a low scoring kind of, game that maybe the the primetime producers at ESPN uh, kind of wish they had a little bit more fireworks, but I think it's going to be more of a defensive struggle. Continuing with the Kenny Pickett talk here, Mike, who, uh, or I should say, where is he more dangerous, you think, so far, especially in this game on Monday night? If, if you're the Colts defense, you want to kind of keep in the pocket, make you make you be with his arm, or even though he's mobile, does run, you think still if he's running uh, and leaving the pocket more, that's a good thing for this Colts defense. Yeah, I, I think that that has been uh, 
what Mike Tomlin likes to say is prudent use of mobility. It's, a, it's become <laughs> one of the Tomlinisms. And, and what he means by that is um, Kenny Pickett, he, he's not like Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or some of these other quarterbacks that are looking to run. Um, he's, he's buying time that he then uses to, to throw the football downfield. And he also is, is definitely good at taking off when the opportunity presents itself. So uh, it'll definitely be a, a, a different kind of challenge. Um, you know, they always talk about like rush lane integrity and trying to, you know, be be aware of that, because if if you don't have your assignment down, then he can break the pocket and beat you. So, um, you know, I, I would be more concerned with it. he he can pick up the first down here and there running the football. I would be more concerned that maybe this is the game that he puts things together, throwing the football. And it's interesting because the Steelers offense for all their struggles, Kenny Pickett probably played his best half of football the first half against the um against the Bengals uh, he threw for 141 yards he only had two incompletions he threw for a touchdown you saw him getting playmakers like George Pickens involved um Najee Harris who's had a lot of struggles and actually in Pittsburgh there's been even a bit of a controversy about whether maybe he should have his playing time reduced he finally broke out so you saw a lot of signs that the offense was coming along and then in the second half against uh, the Bengals they had four consecutive three and outs to start the second half and that set the stage for the loss so for, for the Steelers, it's going to be about can they can they get back to whatever they did well during that first half? And, and that was the balanced attack of running and passing and running in all of its forms, whether that be Najee Harris, whether that be a little bit of Kenny Pickett, whether it be jet sweeps with George Pickens. So um, you know, I think that that's the challenge is just trying to make the Steelers one dimensional. And, and if they could shut down Najee Harris and make Kenny Pickett beat them, I'm not sure he's going to be able to. You mentioned sort of that Steelers passing game, the struggles that they've had. Uh, there's a breakout that you did on George Pickens. Everyone should go to the athletic and, and check that out. Uh, great story as always about one of the more exciting young guys in the league for all the struggles Pittsburgh's had. What can you say about George Pickens in the, in the kind of rookie year and the threat that he is in his first season as an NFL receiver? Yeah, the I think George Pickens, um, I think NFL fans, if they're on Twitter, know him just because he's such a viral receiver. Just It seems like everything he does becomes a meme or a highlight or a gif. And one of the most um, unique things about him is just he has an incredible catch radius. And he doesn't look like he's open. And yet when they throw him the football, he somehow is winning these 50-50 balls and making these miraculous one-handed catches. He made another fantastic catch in the second half uh, recently. So um, I think that that's really, that's really the challenge is that even when you think that you have him covered, he's the kind of guy that has the physical gifts and skills uh, to go up and, and make those catches. So, um, and you've seen him get featured a little bit more in the offense for a variety of reasons. You know, they, they traded chase Claypool. So that kind of paved the way or streamlined the offense. And then also Kenny Pickett, as I mentioned previously, he's more willing to take chances downfield and throw the ball up and give his guys a chance, whereas Trubisky was not. And that definitely fits more in line with Pickett's skill set as a guy who doesn't create a lot of separation, but also doesn't eat a lot. On the other side of the ball, Mike, I mean, you obviously, right, the Steelers are steeped in tradition when it comes to their defense, having to steal curtain. And this year, that's been far from the case. They're 28th in total defense. They're dead last when it comes to pass defense, 26th in scoring defense. 
If you had to boil it down to one reason, like what's the biggest issue so far with the Steelers' defense, and how come it hasn't really been, you know, for the most part, up to standard, up to snuff so far? What we used to think uh, when you think Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. Well, the, the toughest part about this is they've invested heavily. This is actually the highest paid defense. And so one of the issues has been that they've been without TJ Watt for a significant portion of the season. He had the pec injury, the week one game against the Bengals. And then subsequently, while he was recovering from that, he underwent arthroscopic knee surgery. And when you're missing a game-changing pass rusher, the ripple effect extends throughout the entire defense. So in an ideal world, what the Steelers would like to do is play a lot of man coverage and put the quarterback under instant duress. So as soon as he's dropping back, you've got TJ water Alex high Smith or cam Hayward coming at him. And when he looks for a quick outlet, the receivers are blanketed by tight man to man coverage. The problem has been neither side of that equation is working well for them without TJ Watt, The pass rush was very inconsistent. There were times where they were generating no kind of pressure on the quarterback, no sacks, and then their corners, uh, they lost Joe Hayden, who had been such a mainstay for so long, are kind of unproven. Uh, they've been injured and they've been inconsistent. And so they absolutely, you know, getting T.J. Watt healthy is a big piece. But when it comes to truly fixing this defense, I don't think that's going to happen until they go out and address the cornerback position more substantially. And so there's going to be situations when the Colts receivers are one-on-one against uh, the, the defensive backs of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And those are going to be the matchups that the Colts are going to have to win. Um, that's going to be, I think, one of the big things for the Colts offense is, is are you able to do so? Because um, Steelers actually are good at, at stopping the run after being last in, in run defense last year. That was the big concern was how do we fix this? They've largely done that. They're fifth in yards per uh, opposing yards per attempt. They're seventh in total rush yards per game. So they are stopping the run but it's come at the expense of giving up a ton of big plays. They're, they're, in addition to all the passing stats you mentioned, a lot of those are coming in massive chunks. Um, they are second behind only the Atlanta Falcons in terms of giving up plays of 20 yards or more through the air. So when they do get beat, they get beat badly and it hurts them. And mostly it's been because of uh, you know, not having that lockdown corner that you can count on to, to match up one-on-one against a marquee receiver. You mentioned, you know, defensive struggles and they're the highest paid defense in the league. I think the frustration in Indianapolis is this is the highest paid offensive line in the league. And <laughs> they have not been able uh, to play at that level. How much does TJ Watt change that pass rush? And do you think they can take advantage of, especially Bernard Raymond, a, a rookie over there, you know, third round pick who's really struggled for the Colts? I think absolutely. I, th- I think that there's almost nobody in the league who can block TJ Watt one-on-one. Um, so, you know, the, the, the ripple effect that T.J. Watt has on the pass rush is so significant because, like Mike Tomlin put it well, he said T.J. Watt's played so well that Alex Highsmith, the other edge rusher, won AFC Defensive Player of the Week uh, when T.J. Watt was back. And so when, when T.J. Watt's in the game, you're going to have to double him. They're going to have to keep tight ends in. They're going to have to chip with, with running backs. And so all that attention means that they can't send as many guys out on routes. That's part of uh, you know, the pass defense. And then uh, additionally, even for guys like the inside linebackers, there's always that cat and mouse game where you're waiting to see, is the running back staying in the block or he's going to go in on the, out on the route. And so the, the Steelers, you know, they, um, they can then add to the pass rush when the, the middle linebackers like Miles Jack or Devin Bush see that the running back staying in to protect, that's when they come to, and that's when you're adding additional pressure. Uh, And that's things that did not happen when TJ Watt was out. So, 
I think that, um, you know, Matt Ryan, um, not the most mobile quarterback at his age. I think that's going to be a significant challenge for him is can he get the ball out of his hands quickly? Because I, the Steelers pass rush is night and day different when TJ Watts back. And I expect them to pin their ears back and come after the quarterback. Want to circle back to last week's game against the, the Bengals. You mentioned before that it was kind of a tale of two halves. The first half, the offense was kind of clicking and putting up points. The second half, they really were stagnant. Was there one thing you saw the Bengals adjust to that kind of created all these issues for the Steelers in the second half where they couldn't get anything going? I think it was more so the Steelers' execution. Um, Kenny Pickett, he had some accuracy issues in the second half, and uh, that's been a little bit of a problem with him throughout. And, um, you know, just getting that first initial first down has been such a problem for the Steelers this year. The, the number of times they've gone three and out is just astonishing. And so I think just, you know, missing that rhythm and uh, in, in finding guys on time. The other thing that the Bengals did very effectively was shut down Deontay Johnson. So Deontay, they, they traded Chase Claypool. George Pickens is just a rookie, and even though he is really dynamic and I think could be a superstar in this league, you know, he doesn't have the full route tree. He's more of a go ball type of guy. So really the known commodity is Deontay Johnson and the, the Bengals knew that and they were sending double coverage his way. They were putting a safety over top of him. So if the Colts have a similar game plan and they try to do the Bill Belichick thing and take away your best weapon and that being Deontay Johnson, that's going to really create challenges for Kenny Pickett. And I think that that might be part of the blueprint for the Colts move uh, in terms of how they try to scheme things up and try to challenge the Steelers offense. Last one for me, you may have heard it was kind of quiet, but there was a coaching change here. And some people, <laughs> we will talk about it a bit. Uh, this is from Mike Tomlin's standpoint. He's never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. Obviously it looks like it's heading that way. How has he handled this season and how are the fans handling this season? Um, I, I mean, I think that Tomlin, he's just kind of trying to press ahead as much as possible. Um, I think that there was a time when maybe he was even more fiery and more intense and that, you know, being such a competitor and such a competitive person, all the losing got to him. And you saw instances and in practices when he was stopping practice and, and really getting in guys face and really challenging team, the team and stuff like that. Um, but as time goes on, a lot of reporters were talking about after the last game, it almost felt different. Like Tomlin was starting to accept the fate because leading into that game against the Bengals, the Steelers have a, a, a very uh, easy schedule down the stretch. The only team that they play with a winning record, um, they play the Ravens twice. And so uh, the rest of the teams are kind of on the same level as they're playing like the, the Panthers or playing the Colts. Um, a lot of teams along those lines. So there was a path if the Penguins had beat, or if the, I used to cover the Penguins, if the Steelers had beaten uh, the, the Bengals, you could have convinced yourself, okay, now they just have this quality statement win against a team that went to the Super Bowl. They're on a two game winning streak. The schedule gets easier. Maybe Tomlin can finally work his magic again. But losing that game really, I think, sealed their fate and sealed the fact that they're out of contention. And, uh, you saw Tomlin, I think, maybe start to come to terms with that a little bit. As for the fan base, this is a team uh, that is used to winning. Uh, I mean, the last time they had a losing season was 2003. Uh, the expectations here are Super Bowl or playoffs at a minimum. So they're not handling it well. I mean, there have been people constantly clamoring for the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, to be fired. That's happened since day one. 
when Mitch Trubisky was in, they were always on him wanting to move to Kenny Pickett. Um, so fans are very fired up, very fed up with what's going on right now. And I think for good reason, because, you know, you don't get to three and seven by accident. Um, they're not doing – it's hard to pinpoint many players on the team or aspects, components of the team that are performing well right now. And uh, that's why their record is what it is. So let's finish with this then, Mike, to, to preview the game, got a kind of prediction here. The Colts are favored and they're at home. So let's just say that, you know, the assumption is the Colts win this game. In your mind, how do the Steelers then pull off the upset and win this game on Monday? Like, what do they have to do? I think number one is what Mike Tomlin talked about was slowing down Jonathan Taylor. Um, I mean, I think that he is such a – I from my days covering Purdue and the Big Ten, I remember seeing him at Wisconsin and thinking he was one of the best – athletes pure athletes that i had ever covered in college on the or seen in person along the lines of uh, uh barkley and lamar jackson those are the three guys that i would say are the best athletes that i had seen so slowing him down stopping him is going to be number one the, the biggest priority i think the steelers are going to have to get turnovers and maybe even some points from their defense and then i think that you're going to need to see the offense have a balanced approach that that's made them successful uh, Najee Harris, despite some of his struggles and slow start, I think he's going to need to build upon his last two games when he finally cracked 99 yards and then 90 yards consecutive games. If he can, if he can build upon that performance and maintain that and support Kenny Pickett, and then if Kenny Pickett can um, spread the ball to his playmakers, you know we haven't mentioned Pat Fryermuth, their tight end, but since they moved on from Chase Claypool, they've really been using a by-committee approach to fill Chase Claypool's void in the slot and attack the middle of the field. And I think that Fryermuth, especially in the red zone, um, which has been a struggle for the Steelers, is going to be an issue. So I would say, you know, if they could slow down Jonathan Taylor, if they can get a pass rush and create some turnovers, and then if they have a balanced offense that's made them successful, I think those are the things that are going to be the formula for success for the Steelers. Make sure you check out Mike on the Athletics. Got a real deep dive as to uh, as we get set for Colts Steelers here on Monday night. Mike, appreciate the time. And I think Colts fans, it's pretty evident here for the last few minutes you spent with us. George Bremer has a better reporter tree than Bill Belichick has coaching. <laughs> no, that's absolutely true. He is. He's the Bill Belichick of <laughs> sports reporting. Uh, he Honestly, I do have to say thank you to George because I don't think I would be where I am if he hadn't given me an opportunity to cover Purdue. So um can't wait to reconnect george when we're back at lucas oil stadium ah can't wait to see you again you know i i still say you know you overcome everything i taught you so that's that's outstanding <laughs> on your part uh but no mike's one of the most talented guys around and uh, it's always a pleasure man absolutely george thank you appreciate you guys both thanks for having me on here